0: Hi, I'm your host, Connie Aline, and thank you for tuning in to The Fly Behind the Wall, a podcast created to change the narrative about the realities of life in the United States prisons and jails. My goal is to highlight the challenges faced by all correctional staffers working behind the wall and the issues that they navigate in a highly political and scrutinized environment. Welcome to The Fly Behind the Wall, and thank you so much for joining me again. Today, we will be exploring mentorship behind the wall. That's right. We all need some professional development, right? I do hope that my reflections and insights will help to broaden your understanding of correctional life for employees and inmates. So stay tuned. So let's talk mentorship, right? Mentorship is a vital component of professional development and that includes behind the wall. You know, in corrections, there really is no formal way of you being mentored. I mean, when you first start your role, you may be partnered with someone who can share their insights with you, who may be able to show you the ropes, who will introduce you to some people, some good people for you to know and give you some sort of guidance, but it's very informal. It is not in any way structured, Um, although what you would get when you first come in is an orientation, like an orientation to the facility, an orientation to your role, an orientation to you know, the the movements, the ins and outs of the facility and things that you'll need to learn to navigate. However, when you think of mentorship in corrections from a civilian perspective, you know, you do think, how do I position myself? How do I gain access to the right people if I'm at the working level? And so, I mean, we all have many informal relationships with leaders. And so being aligned with the right people may help you if it is your intention to have a career in corrections. And I say that because you know, I have had some nursing staff who came in. They were really great nurses in the community. But for some reason, adjusting to the standard of care or adjusting to the way we did things in corrections was very challenging. Um, correctional nurses, I have to say, like their skills are at like a thousand <laughs> Um, because they they are forced to work in environment with the bare minimum. And so, you know, yes, you know, many facilities or many institutions, you know, they try to be more progressive, but for those who simply don't have the budget for all of the technology and all of the stuff that you would need in order for providing medical care to be a little more easier or convenient or efficient, we simply don't have it. So I won't belabor those points, but coming into nursing and having like another nurse say, oh, I know that we probably, you probably learned how to do this, or I know this is the type of equipment they have in the hospital, but this is what we use here. It kind of helps staff get acclimated. The same thing for like social work for groups right you're accustomed to holding groups in a certain way here it is you are in a group room with many i don't want to say many inmates but they're more than you right so usually in a group setting it's you as the clinician and then it's three or four or five depending on that group size in a group room and and what happens in in that time is As a clinician, you have to feel comfortable in your space, in who you are as a person, comfortable as the clinician that you have control over this group, as well as comfortable that in the event that this group setting turns, goes left, right, that you can get yourself safely out of that situation. And, you know, not all the time is there an escort officer, so sometimes you just don't have the quote-unquote protection that you may come into the role thinking that you will have so connecting with people who can kind of give you some of the ins and outs and what you should do and here's some tips and tricks for success is great but in order for you to have a true uh mentorship relationship there has to be some structure Um, in my role, part of my um, challenge was creating that structure. Um, I created that structure because I did see many staff coming and struggle. And then quite honestly, I couldn't be everyone's mentor. And so it became fairly taxing as the administrator, trying to be that mentor. Um, And you know, one of the things that can be very challenging is that in this mentor-mentee relationship, uh, we both should be getting something out of that. Like, it should be mutually, um, not mutual I guess you could say mutually beneficial, but there should be growth, I think, for both of us. And simply, there were times where I was really just giving and not receiving, and so that imbalance can create strain and stress on the mentor-mentee relationship. Um, So one of the things that I was very intentional about doing was really setting up the structure. So within a working day, if you had a mentor or if I was able to pair you with someone, um, it was first of all something that Both folks agreed to. So, one, the mentor was looking to be a mentor. They weren't being voluntold that you're going to mentor this person. And two, the mentee was looking for a mentor. They'd come forward and said, Connie, you know, is this somebody who I could work with, who I could partner with? Because, like, I'm still feeling a bit uncomfortable and I just need some guidance, right? And so, In that needing guidance, it's understanding that that mentor relationship, mentor-mentee relationship, the mentor has to have some experience that the mentee does not have in order to really be effective. Because it's really that mentor trying to help you get down the road, right? This isn't just me giving you informal advice. This is the mentor being able to see that this is where you want to be. And here's the road you need to travel in order to get there. So having agreement that we want to have this mentor-mentee relationship was first and foremost. Then we set up like a cadence. So when were we going to meet? We're going to meet once a week for 20 minutes, for 30 minutes. Maybe we'll meet for coffee on another time. But it was formal, in-facility, carved-out time that... On Tuesdays from, I don't know, 2 to 2.30, we would meet because that was close to end of shift and that was the best time, right? Maybe that worked for you. Maybe it didn't. Um, So some facilities, this will work and some simply won't work because of the busyness of it. But it's understanding that in this relationship that you create, that the mentor isn't just trying to tell you what to do. The mentor should not be telling his or her mentee what to do, like that is not the point. The point of this mentorship is really to provide guidance to be very thought provoking. So you wanna do this, how are you gonna get there? How do you get qualified? to get to that space that you want to be in. Oftentimes the mentee just doesn't even know where to start. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. I've had people come into my office, Connie, I really want to be able to do this job. Okay. So how are we going to get there? What are your current qualifications? Look at the situation from the end point, because that's where you want to go. And, and look at what are the all the qualifications that got that person to that role, And if you work backwards, you can prepare and build yourself there. So as you're on the job and you're fostering relationships, you can be intentional about creating relationships with people who can help you get to your end goal, right? The other part of that too is, so here's qualification A, I need to have a bachelor's in XYZ. I'm gonna go get myself situated so I can get get that bachelor's. Oh, and there's a certificate program. Okay, so I need to get that certificate program, but I'm gonna get that certificate program while I'm still doing this thing here, whatever that is. So there's different rotations in, in prisons and jails, the ones that I've worked in anyway. So if you're a nurse, you could rotate throughout different parts of the facility to be in medical mental health do medication do compound do you know the extra do the one who's doing the help do the medication do the do the um phlebotomy it depends right you know if you're in social work you could be the group person you could be doing groups on one particular topic this group is on something else maybe you switch up and do a different curriculum over time because you want to get exposed to different aspects of social work. You wanna get exposed to different populations. You may wanna work in another facility. People get very comfortable in their space, but sometimes a transfer to another facility is a good idea just because that particular facility has a specialty. So one of the things I always regret not doing is working um, working at Manson Youth in Connecticut. And the reason why is because, like, I really wanted to have an understanding of caring for the juvenile population. Now, working at York in Niantic was great because it was women. It was women of all ages, including youthful offenders. However, there wasn't a huge population. So my engagement and really understanding their needs wasn't as much as it was working with adult males and females. Um, And then, of course, during my career, I ended up having worked with the first transgender um, offender coming to Hartford, and then the first adolescent transgender coming to Niantic. So there were two really great experiences that I was exposed to, which I can appreciate, but well, like, I really wish that I was able to work with um, the adolescents. And just because you want to be able to round out your experiences, right? You don't want there to be this gap in knowledge just because you simply have don't have the experience. And, and yes, you can fill that experience void with research and all of that. But firsthand experience, firsthand knowledge is by far more valuable, in my opinion. Anyways, I'll get off that soapbox. But... In this mentor-mentee relationship, it's really important, especially when you're going into um, when you're in corrections and you're trying to make this a career. You know that mentee has to be coachable, and the mentor has to be a good coach. You can't come in not being very clear on what the objective is you cannot be very you can't come in and not be clear about what is the intention of the conversation that you're going to have because you want to make the most of the time that you've allocated so that there's value gotten out of that interaction not we just met and then there was nothing and with that comes a responsibility and accountability if there's an expectation that we meet at a certain time, a certain date, this is what we're going to talk about. That makes it very clear for both parties. We know what we're getting together for and we know why. We know what we're both going to be held accountable for because we're going to hold each other accountable, right? In these relationships, you want there to be success. You want to make sure that the mentee is really getting the best and if you find as the mentor you can no longer offer that there comes a point where you have to say hey listen so it's been great working with you but here's what i think would be helpful for you to get to the next level i'm gonna connect you to john doe john is gonna be able to give you blah 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 blah, 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 blah. we can still communicate we can still you know exchange thoughts and ideas and all of that goodness, but for you to get to the next level, this is who you're gonna need to connect to and I'll make sure I make that first connection. I think many times the mentor takes on this, like I know everything sort of role, which isn't really the most helpful, nor does it add the most value to the mentee. And there's, there's a point where you have to be able to disconnect And say, so in your best interest, this is the next step that we're going to take. And that really could be a part of the plan, right? Part of the plan is let's get together. We'll talk. We'll figure out what you want to do, where you want to be. I'll do whatever I can up until the point that I can no longer support your goals. But I will make sure the appropriate connections are in place so that you can get to the next step. That's part of the conversation, the open dialogue, there's transparency, there's understanding we're all on the same page. So, coaching, mentoring. Mentoring is absolutely, I think, essential as you wanna move up the ranks in corrections, whether you're a nurse now, you wanna be a nursing supervisor, you ultimately wanna be the director of nursing, that's what you need to do. Whatever role you're in, you wanna be the administrator, you need to put yourself in positions where you're either working closely with the administrator or where you are stepping up and going above and beyond. Are there things or or events that have taken place where custody is looking for someone on the civilian side to volunteer and get involved? Volunteer, get involved, get engaged. You want custody to be able to say, oh, she's a hard worker. She does this, this, and that. Because it looks great on the civilian side when you've got a custody person standing up on your behalf and speaking up on your behalf. Um, I think that as you consider the different roles that you want to play and the positions you want to hold, that you just position yourself to get there. And sometimes mentorship is one of the best ways to do it. So until next time, I certainly hope that this was helpful and that you can take it and take it to work with you and figure your your plan out because you are your only limitation. Talk to you soon. No matter what David and Goliath situation you find yourself in, remember the words of Rosa Parks, you must never be fearful about what you are doing when it is right. I hope that I've given you enough to continue a healthy conversation about our correctional staffers and the issues that they navigate behind the wall. Thank you so much for listening as I continue to make my own slice of the world a little better. You have just listened to The Fly Behind the Wall. Now available on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Be sure to subscribe, share, and write a review. Join me next time, Behind the Wall.